So if I make a mistake, then I'm no longer the best. So what this child might do is that they might not dare to try because trying means you run the risk of making mistakes and failing. And once you make a mistake or you fail, you're no longer the best. I'm Parkson, a father and grandfather, a relationship coach and author of The Modern Day Dad. And I'm Hafiz, a father of four, a transformational coach and a dad in progress. We Are Dads Too is a podcast for fathers by fathers. Each week, we have conversations about different aspects of fathering. We will also be talking with experts to get their opinions or have other dads join us too. Because we are dads too, we understand the challenges dads face. Our children grow up way too fast, so we say. So we need to take effective action that involves personal and lasting change for our children and also for ourselves. Let's go on a transformational journey together because we, we are, are dads too. Hi, Parkson. Hello, Hafiz. Good evening. Yes, good evening to you. How has your week been? My week has been uh, not too eventful, but uh, yes, got some quite productive actually, I have to say. I heard that you're on two books. You're reading two books. Yes, no. I'm reading two books at the same time. <laughs> I used to read three to four. You know, I have one in my bag, one in the toilet. <laughs> okay. I uh, shall those, not imagine that, was, that. That was like 20 years ago when I was much younger and my brain worked a bit faster than today. <laughs> right. So you have this habit of uh, reading. Uh, I mean, having books that you read uh, weekly, daily. Well, I try to keep up with reading. Uh, actually, I used... I, I, been reading one book at a time but uh, this time because there was this book um, available in the library and it said I kind of booked it and it says oh you'll be ready for in two weeks time so I thought okay I should be able to finish the one I'm reading now in two weeks but then within a few days they said hey it's available okay so I re- borrowed it so <laughs> all right <laughs> reading two uh, it's not Related topics, so it's okay, you know. So I'll read one chapter of this. The next day, I'll read a chapter of the other book, and try to take notes. Uh, you know, one one thing I learned about reading books is, right. someone said, mm-hmm. if you want to get the most out of it, mm-hmm. spend half an hour reading, and then the next half an hour, reflecting on it. Wow, that is a good tip. We should have an episode <laughs> on, on that on reading yeah but today's episode all right is uh, very interesting to me it is the area or topic which i i is close to my heart uh, it's about mental resilience That's of right. our children mm-hmm. the first episode we talk about uh, the education of our children we talk about uh, how we as fathers or as, as uh, parents should not be teaching our kids because they already have uh, a lot of teachers at uh, in school we should play other roles mm-hmm. yeah that are more so optimal okay uh, and related to education all right is the issue of uh, mental resilience so maybe you can uh, le- uh, let our listeners know uh, why this topic is chosen well you know uh, because of our children's education is something very close to our hearts uh, and our educational system in Singapore is very pressurizing, is very competitive, um, you know. And so we, we do often see that our children, because they are young, they might not know how to handle that pressure. 
And so many of many of them can come to a point where they feel they can't do it, and you know they either get stuck, they freeze, or they just simply give up. So mental resilience is a very needed um, skill that fathers can play a very big part in helping their child develop this skill, so that they can overcome the obstacles that they face, and they will continue facing obstacles when they grow up and go into the real world. I mean. We are already, I mean, they are in the real world, but <laughs> the working world, all right? Um, so this is a very, if you talk about life skills, this is one of the important life skills, how to be able to overcome the stress, the obstacles, even failures, and just overcome, get up again, and move on. Yeah, um, to be resilient is to be able to face difficulties throughout their lives, I mean, there are ups and downs in lives, uh, in our lives, including in their school, at home, with their friends. Uh, and today we have a lot of, uh, you know, gadgets. You know, the social uh, arena is so wide and it's almost ubiquitous. That means almost not in daily, almost hourly, almost every minute. You mm-hmm. know, they are being uh, given a fat. You know things that uh, are not that they seek for. It it, it goes to them, all right. And uh, for example, if you have uh, you our child get the bad news, all right, about something, be it about their results, uh, be it about uh, you know they they lose uh, I mean a friend, okay, or even lose a family member, all right. Uh, the ability to pick themselves up, all right, and be able to go back to normal state. That is what we are talking about. How fast and how are they able to recover uh, quickly and hopefully having no negative effect on their psyche, on their emotions. So this is a very important topic. That's uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can uh, also share with us what is your experience, I mean maybe your experience, personal experience when it comes to this related to your kids, you know, your at work, you know, or even... Now we're talking about education, right? Any interesting story that you have? Oh, I do have some stories. Uh, but before that, I, I feel it's important to also help our listeners understand that what resilience is not. Okay. Uh, resilience is not that you are stress-free. Uh, resilience does not mean that you do not face difficulties. All right. Uh, resilience is not how well you endure, but how well you recover after a crisis after a problem after a you know a failure for example uh, you know a disappointment how well you recover and not how well you endure so in case you know some uh, fathers might have the wrong understanding then they expect their children not to show any you know uh, emotions fear, yes anxiety yeah. or sadness or anything like that Right and just expect their children to be strong and stoic, you know, not showing any emotions. Uh, emotions are very integral part of us, you know. I mean, without emotions, who are we? We are robots, <laughs> yes. right? So we're not robots. Our children are emotive beings, emotional beings, uh, and they express emotions which we should encourage. So that's what resilience is not. I think that's important to start with. Yeah, so talking about my stories, well, I have three kids and the youngest one is uh, now 15 years old. But when she was in primary four, I believe in primary four, maybe five, she was struggling with math. Okay, mm-hmm. 
Um, and I was trying to help her with it. Well, of course, you know, the ways that schools are teaching mathematics, <laughs> it's very different, you know. So right. uh, what I ended up was teaching her how I would solve a problem, okay. Okay, the way I was taught. And I said, but you need to do it, all right, during your tests and exams. Do it the way the school teaches you. But you can use the method I'm teaching you right now to check your answers. Mm-hmm. So she knows two methods. Okay. <laughs> All right. So she was struggling with math. No, she wasn't failing. Mm. She just wasn't doing well. Okay. So she was getting like C's and D's. All right. So I tried to help her. I tried, you know, uh, every Saturday we would go to Changi Airport, McDonald's at Changi Airport and sit down and I would drink my coffee and she would have a ice cream or maybe her lunch as a burger, you know. And then after that, she would take out her math assessment books and whatever and we'll do math together so we'll spend about two hours two and a half hours every saturday but she wasn't improving Mm -hmm. so i realized that it's not about her understanding of math it's not about her ability but it's more of her mindset somehow she has come to the point of believing that well i'm just not good at math Uh okay Uh, maybe i'm not cut out right (laughs) you know you know, people people do talk about this. You know, some people are good for good at languages. Like girls are better at languages. Boys are better at other things. You know, so sometimes we buy into these kinds of, you know, thinking. Boxer. Yes, we yeah. put people in boxes. So I don't know where she got these ideas from, but I could see that what her real struggle was with her mindset. Okay. All right. So yeah. so um. I have my own story actually talking about oh, daughters. Oh, my story right? isn't finished. Oh, haven't yet. <laughs> ah, okay. Come on. <laughs> oh, what, I'm, not a, w- I'm not a storyteller by nature, but yeah, this is a very good story. Yes. So when I realized that, then I said, okay, how do I help someone with this kind of mindset? So I thought for a few days, and I said, okay, maybe I need to show her how to overcome this thinking that you know, well, this problem is too big for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I it's impossible for me to overcome. Okay. So I began to ask myself, what is one thing in my life that I believe is impossible for me to overcome? You, yourself. Myself. Okay, good. And guess what it was? Running. Running, yes. <laughs> yeah, you told me. Yeah. yeah, because since I finished army and reservists, I did not run ever. Okay. Okay, except after the bus. <laughs> okay. Because I believe that I've not built to run, you know. I, of all the years I did the IPPT, I only passed a few times. Oh, so you want the reasons now why, right? They strike off the uh, two point four. Oh, already. Okay. Oh, did they? I think so. <laughs> oh okay. no, they didn't. I think. No, no I don't think they <laughs> no, did. Yes. <laughs> they yeah. Okay. So they anyway, <laughs> so I I say okay. I what I need to do is I need to start running again. So I bought a pair of running shoes. Imagine I've never owned mm. a pair of running shoes for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So I bought a pair and I started running. And the first time I ran, I ran about two, three hundred meters and I almost died. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was out of breath, you know. But I was persistent. I said, I need to overcome this. So I, for three times a week, I would just go out and run. Wow. You know, of course, there were inertia, there was this inertia. And many times I would tell myself, oh, it's going to rain. So yeah, yeah, I'm not going to run tonight. Uh, you know, but then eventually yeah. after about three to four months, I was able to run about three kilometers now, okay, that's good. still with stops in between, yes. Right. So every day I would come home after a run, I would tell, I would kind of give a report to my daughter. That today I ran so far, it was easy, it was difficult, all right? And slowly, step by step, I was just showing her how do you overcome 
this mindset. It's just like people say, how do you eat an elephant? You start, start with the, start bit, I mean, uh, sorry, cut it off, cut it, cut it uh, in pieces. One bite at a one time. One bite at a time, Correct. yeah. 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 So yeah. same thing, you know, so one, one step at a time, I would just describe to my daughter, give her a report about how my progress, you know, right, right. and, how did she feel? and lo and behold, Her mindset just changed, and in okay. primary five onwards, she was get until today secondary. She's in sec four now. Right. She is getting A's for math wow. with no tuition. You have modeled the way, actually, all right. And I think it's very important for us to talk. Is one level to walk the talk is many many levels. You know that means the effectiveness of us doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in conclusion. Did she do very well after that? In yeah, a yeah. yes, she she was scoring A's consistently since wow. then until today in Sec Four. Uh, yes, without any uh, intuition, um, all by herself. I think this when once you have helped your child to develop this skill, it sticks with them for a very long time throughout adulthood, and it will come in very very useful. Well, you say so many things. You talk about self belief. You talk about. Uh, You know, uh, changing or changing your habits when they are young. The importance of building that uh, resilience when they are young, and it will bring uh, them uh, a long way, a long way when when they grow up. Right? You want to listen to my daughter's story? Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm sure Because I'm so inspired be by what you <laughs> told me. I just remembered actually. Sometimes we pressure our kids uh, too much that uh, our expectations uh, make them not only stressed. But don't see the wider perspective. So my daughter, she did a four-year course in the university, and in her final, she was doing very well, much well than me by miles. She was doing very well. But comes to the final year, all right, she had to decide to extend one semester because of one mistake she did, and she was very pressured because uh, she had repeated once before in JC, and we are going through that thing again. And this thing about in Singapore, you know, if you have set your certain age group, then your friends suddenly have graduated O level at 16, then you are still secretary. You know, there's 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 this um, people tend to compare and feel sometimes it affect my self esteem. So that was on the issue, right? Not so much that she felt, but sometimes collectively, all right, the pressure of uh, expectations, all right. So to cut the story short, actually, she did very well. By delaying her six months, in fact, the second time, she did, when she did her A levels, she had to repeat her first year, and she, I thought she wouldn't have done better, as 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 good if she would have uh, just gone through the normal channels, so called. So you know, going through the so called less trodden path, being different, and being seeing yourself as different, and you may have this you know complex. Right, so I think this is part of a mental resilience—the ability to see the difference between um, about yourself, how you see yourself—and this is about having the unhealthy belief that or destructive belief to me. Right, uh, picture yourself as, for example, you are having self-pity, feeling sorry for yourself when something bad happened. But at the same time, it's the other way around. So can happen. For example, if you say, just say that you you feel great, just just a great out of so many. All right. It's a way to tell you that you got to work harder on that, all right? Maybe you have not spent enough time. 
maybe you need to you know put more effort and so on or and sometimes we think that final exam is the final you know what is the final mm. is our PSA the final is our O level the final so A level our it's degree the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> our life mm. is longer than our education runaway right that's right that's right <laughs> yeah i think that that's where the father play a very important role in helping a child put things in perspective mm-hmm. you see because i think very naturally the world you know has this mold that uh, you know all of us feel that we have to fit into otherwise we are out of place yeah. you know otherwise we are kind of the odd one out or even the outcast you see and nobody wants to be an outcast nobody wants to be left out everybody wants to be one of the belong you know in the group it's uh, normal to feel like that normal, yeah, yeah, yes, it's normal it's normal yeah. So fathers need to help their children says it's okay you know for example you know I I was a, a late bloomer all right I I did my O levels twice mm-hmm. you know and uh, of course you know at first I felt very shameful as it's wow you know um, I didn't fail I got um, kind of all Cs for example Cs and of course my Chinese second language I had a well I didn't get a F9 I got a E8 <laughs> okay. At least I've got something to boast about. You're better in Russian than Chinese, I think. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, my father put pulled a few strings and got me into a different school and uh, to do my O levels like secondary four again. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I I think that was something. One of his uh, he probably saw it as one of his worst mistakes in his life because that's where I met my wife to be <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> okay uh, anyway so second time around I, i actually did better i got all b's okay you know and you know my father said when i told him my results a typical chinese asian father all right well if you worked a bit harder you would got all a's <laughs> <laughs> okay okay all right you know face palm there was a face yeah, palm moment yeah. yeah but you bring up another important thing Okay, did you ever share this with your daughter? Your failure, so-called. Yes, I did. And I think this is very important. Many of us, in the pretext of wanting to protect ourselves, our self-image, that we are that solid, you know, father mm. that has no, uh, very uh, perfect, uh, and therefore we want them to be as perfect. I mean, we have very good intentions. We want them to more uh, see us as a model, a good model, and we try to hide our so-called failures. And I think this is something which uh, uh, is very important for us to realize that in one one of the methods to uh, ensure resilience of our children is to share mm-hmm. our own experience, right? Mm-hmm. And right. they saw that eh, despite you going through that difficulty, look at you today. Mm-hmm. You are still alive. You are still doing well. Okay. That's right. And that's much, much better than I say and talking and lecturing. That's life. Yep. Life is up and down. Uh, sometimes we spend more time down than up, <laughs> but yes. there are up moments, and uh, you know life's journey is like mountaineering. Somebody mm-hmm. said, you know, uh, you climb a mountain, you reach the top, and you're so happy, but then your happiness only lasts for a moment because why? You see another peak, mm-hmm. you know, and with a peak, that next peak is even higher, right. and you say, wow, if if I can get there, I'm sure the view would be much better. Now, in order to get to the next peak, you know what you must do? You must get get down the mountain. Yes. And yes. going down the mountain into the valley is not a fun thing, you know. Uh, in the valley, it's darker, you know, and things like that. And then you got to climb up again. But that's life, right? It's all full of, full of ups and 
downs. And that is uh, called uh, reframing, right? I mean, there's always someone who is uh, less fortunate than you or more fortunate than you, richer or poorer than you, you know, uh, more handsome or less handsome than you. Or I mean, it's about reframing, right? I mean, if you see someone who is uh, suffering, all right, and you are having a good day, you should be thankful, right? And you see someone who is doing very well, rich, wealthy, you know, drive a Lamborghini, you know, a Rolls Royce, you probably have to look deep into you, what makes you happy. And you, right. you can never tell whether that person is happy or not. I'm trying to be a, you know, sour grape here, but I think this is mental resilience. I mean, we are exposed to so many, you know, uh, good and bad, uh, shiny things. And the thing is, we are given that eyes to see and somehow eyes have this automatic reaction you know to wanting uh, nice things and uh, good things for yourself and that's how mm-hmm. um we 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 are built right mm-hmm. but at the same time you have to take a deep breath all right and look into ourselves be more aware that what actually when we want something whether number one we need it secondly whether it will really make us happy beyond the glitter and the shine mm. right that's right that's right yeah coming back to my daughter's story i just want to highlight one thing which i think fathers uh, will really like to know uh, will help them to know and this is something about what psychologists calls the fixed and the growth mindset okay so for example my, when when my daughter started to have this belief or this you know thinking that well, I'm not cut out to do math or I'm not good at it. Maybe that's my, my IQ isn't very high or not as good as you know, my other classmates. Uh, that is an example of a fixed mindset. You know, a fixed mindset basically is a, a thinking that believes that you know, your abilities have been decided and determined at your birth mm-hmm. based on your DNA. And whatever you do, no matter how hard you try, you can never surpass that you can never do better than what has been determined by your dna that's a fixed mindset and that's not true okay um our abilities our talents our you know uh, yeah anything we can do we can practically do anything if we just spend enough time and practice and learn it okay and so the growth mindset on the other hand is a thinking that says well if you know it's like a muscle if you train it it gets stronger and stronger and better uh, and you know, so your talents, your skills, you just need to practice. Practice doesn't really necessarily make perfect, but it it causes your brain to wire itself so that that skill that you know becomes more permanent. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then it becomes more automatic. So, for example, even like doing mathematics or any technical skills, or you know, some people say in in sports, uh, muscle memory. Well, mm-hmm. your muscle do not have memory. Mm-hmm. It's your brain that has the memory. Right. Your brain will, will form that connections in the brain which will instruct the, the right mus- sets of muscles to do that particular uh, action. Like a you know, high jumper would just picture himself getting over that bar before he even runs towards the bar. So that mental preparation, you know, just imagining himself clearing that bar is his way of uh, getting the brain to activate the right muscles to achieve that. Okay, so that's 
the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So fathers need to uh, have a big part to, be, to play in helping children develop that. And one of the ways is to tell them, you know, to just keep impressing upon them that, well, you might not be able to do this now, but if you keep trying, you will. So I suggest, you know, saying the, using the word not yet. Mm-hmm. All right? You are not able to do this yet. As compared to, well, you will never be able to do that. You know, right. or well, you're not meant to do this, okay? But rather, the better thing to say is, yes, you you did not solve this math problem correctly, but you're not able to do it yet. Let's Paxson, try it again. There's another view to this, right? Which is the other side of the story. Someone can say that I'm the best. I can do everything, all right? I'm made for anything. And there are many programs to motivate you, to give you that mental strength, you know, and, and as you said, build up the muscle and so forth. But I also read, right, that this, uh, sometimes when we want to, for example, praise our children, okay, we have to do it in a measured way, all right? Because, uh, I mean, we modern parents versus our traditional older parents, we tend to sometimes give excessive praise. Well done, good job, all right? At the same time, we do not be specific enough. No, what actually you're praising. Mm. Right? So, to be productive, actually, what you praise is the effort. That's right. And be specific about uh, what you're praising. Because if you are not specific, they will, that can be counterproductive. Because if I'm really very good, what else do I need to do? That's right. So, we have to uh, be careful whenever we have this habit of, of course, the opposite is also not good. Everything... Cannot everything you know is uh, you know you can't do it you know it's dangerous it's risky you know but I think it's to take the middle path because when you praise a child of course the self esteem rise up but at the same time overconfidence also happens and complacency that's right yeah so this is one I think one of the uh, things that of the many things that we can uh, be more uh, uh, be more mindful when we talk to our children mm-hmm. uh, I have another. Uh, and our children, I mean, I have four children, uh, all are different, right? all are different. We only have two boys, two girls, different, but each of them have different personalities. That's right. Mm-hmm. One of them, when he talks, he will not think. He will just, you know, blurt out whatever that he has on his mind. The other one will take some time to speak, both as his plus and minus. The first one will be seen more social, the other one will be more quiet, but... The first one would probably uh, take the risk of you know making saying the wrong things, but the second one would make sure that you know I will really say the right thing. You know, don't want to make mistake. Then for our role, uh, sometimes you have to toggle. You know, you must aware this child. Uh, you must give him time to think. You know, don't don't budge in. Give him that five seconds to collect his thoughts instead of you know mm, completing expect, his expect an immediate response and completing his sentences. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so this is also something that we should also uh, be aware. Mm. Yeah. So how, what's the right way to praise a child? I totally agree with you. Uh, this is connected with the what we just talked about, fixed and growth mindset. Yes. You know, so there there is a you know uh, some parents who says to their children, you know, when the children does something well, wow, you're so smart. Um, it sounds innocent, mm-hmm. but what what's uh, some researchers have. Um, suggesting and through their research have found is that 
there is a possibility now. Listen to us carefully. We are saying possibility. <laughs> It's not a hundred percent. See, young children might not totally understand, but over time they might get the idea, okay, that uh, well, okay, I'm smart or I'm the best. So if I make a mistake, then I'm no longer the best. <laughs> so what this child might do is that they might not dare to try. Because trying means you run the risk of making mistakes and failing. And once you make a mistake or you fail, you're no longer the best. So that becomes the fixed mindset. You see? So if you really want to develop a growth mindset in your child, then yes, be careful how you praise. And there is a right way to praise your child. And like you say, to praise the effort. You know? For example, if your child comes to you with a drawing and you say, you know, this is a wonderful drawing. You must have spent a lot of time on it. That's praise, you know, all right. Uh, as compared to just simply saying, you know, wow, you must be an artist, all right. Now, of course, parents out of good intentions, you know, and wanting to to affirm the child, uh, but this is kind of one of the little details that uh, we can take note of because it can make a difference to different children. So praise the effort, you know, and so that the child will want to do it again and again and try to be even. Better, and I think the next step, we like to ask questions, but sometimes we ask the wrong question. And this is important because we want our children to change, right, their habits or their perspective of things. Instead of asking a close-ended question, like uh, you know, um, uh, do you uh, the word do for example is always in, the, in front. Um, I'm asking for a specific, uh, you know, answer. We ask open-ended questions. You know, the the you know five. W and one H, right? Mm. So what, ask where, when, yeah, why, and how. Yeah. So they are able to think uh, beyond the yes and no, and then come up with their own solutions, right? The how 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 would you solve this problem instead of this is how it is done, this is how I do it, and then we realize, hey, how come they never follow? Uh? Mm. How come we have to keep reminding them, and then they to 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 the children we are nagging over and over again because it's not their idea. Mm-hmm. And I think this is always the challenge of many parents. We have a goal that we want them to. We want them to achieve. We set the goal for them. We set the steps for them, and then we realize that they're even not interested even the first step mm. because it's not theirs, right? So, having a less directive way of uh, communicating or setting expectation is is something more uh, effective, you know, than uh, you know, telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this is where I think also the uh, the strength of the uh, I mean the resilience that they will they will they, will, uh, they have about themselves that this is my own action, this mm. is not my dad's or my mom's uh, goal, because I think you did tell me a story of uh, this person, you know, who the father want him to be the uh, doctor was mm-hmm. he or somebody else? Yes, could, yes? yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, he went through all the education, and then the day just after he graduated. He tell his father, "Okay, Dad, yes, this is your sir. certificate. <laughs> It is yours." The father was shocked, right? That's right. Because this is what you want, not what I want. And then he gone on to do other things. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's, that, a, that's a uh, kind of a conflict of vision and you know purpose and things like that. Yeah. So it's not what the son. It's what the father wants the son to do, but it's not what exactly the son wants to do. Yeah. So how to develop? Mental resilience in our children. Well, there are a number of things we talked about. You know, 
trying to develop the growth mindset to keep telling the child that, well, you might not be able to do this yet, but you can when you keep trying, to, you know, uh, again and again. And the other one is to give them permission to fail. Okay, to give them permission to fail. I remember my son, my son, uh, the second child who is 26 today, uh, when he was also around that time, you know, P5, P6, um, he was having difficulties because he was diagnosed with dyslexia. He was uh, one and a half years behind his peers. So he was struggling, struggling with math and different subjects. And so when it came to math, you know, when we, we try to um, uh, solve some problems, I would say, right, do this. And his stress level immediately kind of hit the roof. And, you know, he just kind of have a mental block. You know, he, he couldn't proceed. And he, when he tried, he would get it wrong, you know. And when he get it wrong, I would get angry and <laughs> things like that. And when I get angry, he gets discouraged, you know, and dare not try again, okay. Then after, after a long time, many months, I, I kind of figured out, okay, I need to change how I say things. Mm -hmm. So it looks like I cannot say, I, uh, I cannot say do this. So what can I say? So I began to think and think and I said, okay, maybe we'll, I'll say, try this. Mm. So one day I, I said this, all right, son, try this. He said, try only. <laughs> I said, yes, try only. Right. What if I get it wrong? I said, okay, then we try again. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you get it wrong again, we try again. Okay. And that made a whole world of difference. I mean, he was able to, I mean, Yes, at first it was difficult. At first he was still kind of not sure. Is, are you sure that he is really so nice now, you know? <laughs> and uh, it really made a difference. So the, the, you know, doing math was no longer as difficult as it was before. Yeah. So give them permission to fail, you know? So, but the, see, again, resilience is not about not, face, not experiencing failure, not fa the experiencing uh, disappointments or difficulty, but how do you recover from that? Yeah, so that is a very important thing to take note of. I saw empathy just now. Mm. All right, you empathize your the other party, the, the, your child, and if there's a person, you should empathize your own child, right? That's right. I think sometimes you're more empathetic to our friends, strangers, strangers. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, you don't want to get into trouble. People think that you're crazy. You know, who is this person talking to me rudely? But we are sometimes uh, we talk rudely to our children. You know, we shout. We, uh, you know, we disregard right, their presence. And I thought this would be the next topic, one of the topics that we have to do, which is emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. We want to discuss this, Parkson, but I think this is something that we need to look into. Very we need to discuss. Important. Yes. How do you deal with the other? The emotions. How do you how do you read yourself internally and also read externally, and be able to come into a harmonious relationship, not only with uh, your children, with your partner, with your boss, with your friends, with your pa own parents. What do you think? Definitely, definitely. I think uh, emotional intelligence is something on every parent's mind. You know, if, if there's ever a seminar or a workshop on emotional intelligence, you would be sure that it is fully booked. Yes, yes. I follow this particular author, Daniel Goldman. Uh -huh, He's an expert uh -huh. and it's, a, you know, a very interesting. He, in fact, started his own podcast. You know, if Daniel Goldman, if you hear me out there, I'm promoting your podcast. 
right? So follow him because uh, he's an expert in emotional right. intelligence, and uh, hopefully we will learn from him and we we'll share mm-hmm. uh, what uh, it's all about. Yes, Daniel Goleman uh, is the guru of emotional intelligence, or at least he popularized this subject. Uh, I have in mind another person that is John Gottman. He is also a psychologist and he's a guru of relationships and parenting and marriage. Um, he has written a book, Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child. And I believe Daniel Goleman wrote the foreword or at least, you know, something in the book also. So it's uh, related to raising, is helping our children develop that. Yeah, I'm sure they strengthen each other because I know Daniel Goleman, he's a scientist also. That's right. He has a lot of mm-hmm. uh, very well-backed research uh, mm-hmm. and many books that he wrote. Um, right. So, uh, I think uh, this topic we can never stop talking about. There's so many things we want to talk about, but maybe we talk about again another day, That's another right. episode. We definitely will. But I hope today fathers have uh, got the main gist of it and that is, uh, you know, when your child is having difficulties in his studies and, you know, some particular subjects or maybe a few subjects. Well, empathy is one. Firstly, empathize. Learn to, learn to notice the signs that your child is struggling. Be patient, be understanding, and find out really what is the, what is the thing that your child is struggling with. And try not to come to conclusions such as, you know, well, my child is just lazy. You know, he is not trying hard enough. Sometimes when you try... Hard, no matter how hard you try, you just cannot overcome it, right? Um, and the more discouraged they become, the easier, the sooner they give up. So try to keep them motivated and give them practical helps uh, along the way. And of course, the other one is to you know, uh, tell them, give them the idea or help them understand that you know, our abilities is like a muscle. We just got to keep training it And the more you train it, the stronger it becomes and you can use it for the rest of your life. And give them permission to fail as well as finally model resilience yourself. That means you need to share with them stories about the times that you have not done well, you have failed, you have faced uh, disappointments and crisis, but how you have overcome them. I think that will be inspiration to our children to know that number one, we are human. We're not Superman, you know. We are not perfect. We are still learning and developing ourselves. Right. I think uh, this is a good conclusion to our topic. And we hope you listeners out there, dads, even mothers who are listening to us, follow us on our YouTube, our IG, our Facebook, like us, and then give your views, give your questions. Ask us what concerns you most. The difficult questions are even better. All right, so I think that's all for today. That's right. All right, we hope you will follow us again for our next episode on We Are Dads Too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Iman Catalyst Community, which is missioned to elevate hope by transforming lives through social education initiatives as well as personal development programs. We are the medium that come in between NGOs and their beneficiaries to enhance their sustainability and impact. If you'd like to know more, connect and collaborate with us, you can reach us at Facebook and Instagram at Iman Catalyst 
that's spelled E M A N, and we would like to work and partner with you. Thank you so much for tuning to this week's conversation. We hope that this episode helped you in your transformational journey as dads. If you like this podcast, make sure you review, follow, and share it with your friends. For more episodes and resources on fathering, check us out at We Are Dads Too on Facebook and Instagram. We would also like to hear your comments and questions. So, please feel free to share them on our FB and IG pages and also our Twitter and be connected to other dads too. Until next time, let's take the next step to be the special dad we are meant to be. Take care and stay safe.